Welcome to I Am Telling, where we have real stories from real students. Our podcast features students from South Mountain Community College Storytelling Institute, located in Phoenix, Arizona. These stories are recorded live in a classroom setting with just one take. When I was a kid, I was probably like most kids. You know, I watched TV and I'd see things on TV and I didn't know if they were true or not, but I sure wished they were true. I used to put a towel around my neck, hold it together with a clothespin, and then try and fly like Superman. <laughs> and then I would, well, my, my, my grandma, Nana, she made, she made me a Batman costume with the cowl and the cape and the whole nine yards. And I thought, man, if I could just wear that Batman costume, I could fight like Batman. And you, you may have had this thought too, wouldn't it be nice to sit on a carpet and just float anywhere you wanted to go? Well, I tried the Superman thing. It didn't matter what towel I used or if I jumped off the couch or if I jumped off the wall, it didn't, didn't work. I tried the Batman thing. I was able to beat up my brothers, but not any better than I was before without it. But I can tell you that I have evidence that magic carpets are true. In 1993, Joyce and I were in San Francisco and we had spent the day out on the wharf and Pier 39 and all of that stuff and ate too much chowder in sourdough bowls and all of that good stuff, right? We were walking back to our hotel mid-afternoon, early afternoon, um, and we were going to take a nap and get dressed and go out to dinner. <clears throat> we were walking back and we walked past a, a little strip mall, just a nondescript strip mall. The only thing that was unique about it was there was a truck backed up to one of the stores. There were about, only about six stores. And there was a ramp, and there were, there were men carrying packages and boxes and things of different size, wrapped. They were all wrapped, sizes and shapes, into the truck, going back empty-handed, into the truck. It reminded me of ants, you know, carrying their, their food or whatever it is they do. <laughs> and and uh, I thought, well, that's curious. And I looked at the sign, and it was antiques, collectibles, and, <clears throat> and oriental rugs. Now, I knew something about antiques and collectibles. We had, we had two, we had booths in two different antique malls at that time in Portland. We'd been going to estate auctions and doing very well with that. Didn't know anything about oriental rugs. Uh, but we wanted to check it out. So we went in the store and there were, were indeed some antiques. There were indeed some collectibles, but mostly there were reproductions most of the items in there were reproductions of either Tiffany-style lamps or Remington cast bronzes. Now, the Remington bronzes are Western-themed, typically cowboy, horses, um, buffalo, Indian, and they're very, very, the originals are very, very valuable. And sometimes we even saw at auction a, um, a replica selling as a, an original, and you know, it's, it's not right. 
Well, while we're looking at this Remington, um, a man came up and in a thick Middle Eastern accent, which I cannot try and duplicate, he asked, what do you know about Persian rugs? Uh, I just know that they're expensive. And he said, have you, have you seen Persian rugs? And I said, no. He said, come with me. And we walked just through a doorway into a room probably twice the size of this room. It was about 40 by 40. Along all four walls, solid, there weren't, there weren't any gaps, were rolled up carpets rolled up like cigars, you know, stacked up and leaning against each other, all different sizes, all different colors, and then extending on out uh, so that there, there was a nice big, like a 20 square foot place in the, in the center, uh, a 20 by 20 space in the center, were stacks and stacks of rugs of various sizes. Stacks like this of, of prayer rugs and medium-sized rugs and palace rugs, and we didn't know anything about them. And Avi was his name. He explained that he's the owner. His family were, he came from many generations of, of carpet traders in Persia, Iran. And before the embargo in 1979, after the Shah was deposed and after they took um, hostages, his family moved their entire inventory, mostly Persian rugs, to the United States. Now they stayed in storage for many years. They, they, they couldn't even sell them in the US with that embargo going on. So they, he, he had, he ended up with all of these rugs plus a bunch of other rugs all of them were handmade. They weren't all from Persia, but they were from around Asia. And he, he said, I'm closing down this shop. That's why those guys are out loading the truck. I've got to liquidate everything. I need to sell these rugs. And there were well over a thousand. It was, it was amazing. And I said, well, we can't afford a Persian rug. I'd walk by um, twice, a, twice a week, I walked past a carpet dealer in downtown Portland. And every day, every time, day I walked by, he had different carpets hanging in the window. I saw the prices. One might be 10,000, the next one might be 35,000, this one might be 25,000, and I walked by the next day, they'd all be different and they'd all be in that same price range. And I, I knew I couldn't afford a rug. But Avi said, I need to move these things and I can sell them to you for pennies on the dollar. Just come and look. So we walked over with him to a stack of prayer rugs. And a prayer rug is about two by four. None of them are precise measurements. They're all, every one is unique. They're all made one at a time, um, typically by an individual. And, whatever size it ends up being is the size it ends up being. But prayer rugs are typically about that size. You know the size, you, you've probably seen prayer rugs. Okay, well we started looking at the rugs and Avi gave us an education. He talked about the artistry, how they are truly works of art. They're all hand knotted. And when he flipped one up and we could look at the back, 
we could see that there were a lot of knots, you know, very close together, and those knots of different color fabric are what formed the design on the front. And some of the, some of the rugs had beautiful designs on the front, and you flip it over, and the knots were real tight and nice, and a lot of them. Uh, some of them were a little more rough. And look at the back, and uh, the, the knots weren't as nicely done. So we could easily see the differences in, in craftsmanship. There, was also, there were also differences, of course, in styles, designs, colors. There were some modern rugs, and there were some very, very traditional rugs that uh, uh, were kind of rustic. And those, we learned, are tribal rugs. And they're not made necessarily for, commercial, uh, for a commercial market like some of the other fine rugs. As we're going through these rugs, he's flipping them over one at a time, talking to us about history, about, about the importance of rugs in, in Middle Eastern culture, and uh, about how the rugs are made, and we were just fascinated. We felt each one. Some of them we liked, some of them we didn't. Some of them we felt the backside. And then he got to a rug that was different from all the rest. Same size, but it was, it was made of silk. All the others were made of wool. All the others were made of wool, and they were on a cotton warp. So that's the, the warp in the weft or the the frame of the, the rug, and then they weave the, or, or they tie the knots through there. This one was all silk, and it was so smooth. I have a cat, a new, our new kitty, and when I pet him, his, his hair is really short, but it's so soft, and it, it reminds me of those silk rugs, and when you rub your hand the other way, it feel, felt like velvet or velour. Turn it over and look at the backside, and there were many knots per square inch. That's a measure of, of quality of, of rugs. They can be anywhere from 40 knots per square inch to 600, 600 knots per square inch, if you can believe it. And he said, this rug is special. This rug is, is a, a kum. Uh, I, it sounds like K-O-O-M, kum. It's spelled Q-U-M. We learned that later. But we looked at that kum rug, and, and, and it was beautiful. And we looked at the price tag. I don't remember what it was, but it was like double or triple what all of the others were. And right then and there, I could feel those carpets working their magic. <laughs> we kind of were mesmerized for a bit, and, and uh, kept going back to that rug. And uh, I said, Avi, I told you, we, we can't afford these rugs. And he said, listen, I told you, I can sell them for pennies on the dollar. I can sell you two coom rugs. You can sell one and get one for free. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. <laughs> now, remember, my wife is with me, so she's in on this, too. And we started looking at rugs. And we moved from the small rugs to the medium-sized rugs to the large rugs. And of the large rugs, guess which ones we liked the best? The coom. 
all silk. Imagine that, eight by 10, 10 by 12, all silk, vibrant colors, uh, intricate designs, and about 200 knots per square inch. They were fine, and they were $35,000. <laughs> I said, Avi, what am I doing? What are we doing looking at these? You know, we might go back and look at the prayer rugs, but this is insane. And he said, David, I told you I'd sell them for pennies on the dollar. Uh, I, I will give you a heck of a good price if you like these big rugs. I said, I don't have the money. And he said, who do you know who would loan you the money? Ah, the magic words again, right? Well, my mom. I can talk my mom into almost anything. <laughs> she'll, she'll put this on her credit card. So we picked out five rugs altogether. Two coom. One was probably 11 by 13. That was the one we wanted to keep. It was a brighter green than this, but this kind of, this shade. And it was the tree of life design. You know what a tree of life design is? With the birds and the, the fruits and the tree coming up. It was on a, uh, um, the, the bright color around the border was the green and then the center was uh, a cream color. And then the tree of life was pink and green and all colors that you can imagine. And it was all that fine handiwork. And then the other coom is one that we picked out to sell. And then we picked out a medium-sized rug, and a, we had picked out a small rug to give to my mom. And when we called my mom from Avi's store, uh, <laughs> Avi and my mom really hit it off. He chatted her up. She flirted right back. If you knew my mom, you know <laughs> she, she, could, she could flirt. And, and while he was on the phone with her, he, he gave her a prayer rug. So we had five rugs all together. And the, the price that he gave us, we ended up, this, this didn't all just happen in an hour. It, it happened the next day, actually. But he, he gave us that whole stack of rugs, five rugs for $5,600. Now, I was still sort of in a fog because we were mystified that all of this stuff was so high quality and so inexpensive. But I totaled it up, and the retail tags were over $65,000 for the five rugs. And he said he'd sell it to us for pennies on the dollar. Well, that was eight and a half cents, eight and a half cents on the dollar. How could I pass that up? Now, of course, we had some doubts. And we didn't know for sure who this guy was. We didn't know his reputation or his history or the store. And we didn't know a thing about Persian carpets. But we wished, we wished that this was true, that we could go home with $65,000 worth of rugs for 5,600, sell one for 7,000, come out with a profit, and four rugs. <laughs> uh, well, it didn't quite work out like that. We were really nervous, and we had some doubts and, and fears, and we wondered if we had just happened upon this great deal, because we are lucky like that. We often fall into great deals. 
or if we were just wishing it was true. When the rugs arrived, they were packaged nice and neat and, and wrapped and very secure. We opened only the two large ones, the one we were going to keep, which was just as beautiful as we remembered it. Too big for the room that we had for it. The other one would have been a better fit, but we loved this green one. And then the other one, I took, I took downtown to a carpet dealer, and I was just going to, excuse me, ask the carpet dealer, of course, you know, did I, did I get ripped off or what? He was really nice. I explained what happened. I told him Avi's story that he told me, and he didn't laugh. He said, so you bought five rugs, two of them are coom, you paid $5,600. He didn't say it like this, but not a snowball's chance in hell that they're coom. And I showed him the rug, pulled back a corner, and he looked at it, and it was a nice rug. He said, this is Chinese. He said, you have to be really careful with carpet, carpet dealers. They're not always what they claim to be. And what happened to you is very, very typical. You're not alone. You're not the first. You won't be the last. But if you're thinking about buying real rugs, let me show you what a coom looks like. And he took me over, and there was a coom on the wall. It was round, and it was like $45,000. And I looked over, and I flipped it up. It was hanging on the wall, but I flipped up the bottom, and Man, it was even more knots per square inch than, than the one that I thought was fine. Um, he said th they're Chinese made. They're, they're hand knotted. Everything he said about that is true. They are in a coom design. So that's all, all, all true. He said they're probably worth about what you paid for them. You will never, you couldn't even sell all of them and get your $5,600 back let alone sell one. Well, I knew what I had to do. As soon as I got home, I called my mom, had her reverse the charges on this fraudulent charge. I packed up the, the, the two rugs that we had opened and we threw all five of them in the car and I, we went down to Kinko's or wherever, uh, FedEx, and I, and I uh, sent them back to him, fully insured. Cost a couple hundred bucks, but it was, it was all good. And then I went back home and wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to the California Attorney General, and I copied the Oregon Attorney General and shared with them my story and how we were victims of fraud. And I copied Avi. When my mom called later in the day to say that she, got, she was able to cancel the charge, get her money back and everything else, I was so relieved. This whole experience, we, we only, we, we always had this nagging feeling that maybe it's not true, but we wished so hard that it was true. We learned a good lesson that day. You might think that the lesson would be if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not true. No, we still haven't learned that lesson. We bought a timeshare a few years ago, and it's, that's another story. <laughs> but we did learn that Persian carpets are truly magic.
If you are interested in learning how to become a storyteller, please visit our website at southmountaincc.edu forward slash storytelling.